So everybody that is here is because I'm to deliver something from the Father into our hearts. And he showed me when I was praying and waiting on him and pondering a picture, and it was of bellows, and the bellows were in front of each person's tummy. And I can see that as I'm speaking, and even through the worship, you might have felt him beginning to fan into flame something that's inside of you, fanning into flame the gifts that have been placed in you through the laying on of hands. So I'm expecting, as I am speaking, it may not be the words, but it's the anointing and the empowerment of God that is going to fan into flame the gifts that are inside each person in the room. So we will not be the same when we go out because we will feel that we have been empowered by him and we have been energized by him and we've been motivated by him. So I can see all these little pairs of bellows in front of everybody's tummy and they're just beginning to go. Okay, so he's beginning to work. I said, what do you want to say to us? And he said, I will build my church in Bath and in the nations of the world and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I think he wants to encourage us because he said 2,000 years ago, he actually prophesied this. So Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, he prophesied, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And from that moment onwards, hell's been trembling. Hell is absolutely terrified because of the power of that word that Jesus said 2,000 years ago. And we get to live in the fulfillment of that prophecy. It's not just like little words. Jesus said, gates of hell will not prevail against me. Oh, no, no, no. He prophesied it when he stood on the earth. And that means it will be fulfilled. Can you feel it? It's not just a straightforward small reading from Matthew. The reason that the powers of darkness were afraid when he prophesied that, because they knew what Jesus had also said, that the spirit gives life and the words that he speaks are spirit and they are life. So when he uttered that 2,000 years ago, spirit, life, it's never changed. It's still the same power. And that's what we're going to be living in. And that's what we are living in. Because he's building his church in our city and in our nation. He also said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. So when he said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail... It's just still there in the spiritual realm, as powerful as it was when he spoke it out. It's the most amazing prophetic word spoken by Jesus, and we get to be part of it. He said, I am building my church in Bath. Encourage everybody. He said, I am building it because I prophesied it 2,000 years ago that I would, and that's what I'm actually doing. He is building us. He is building us. And I felt when I asked him what to do, And apologies for those who like complexity. He just said it's five words. He wants me to focus on I will build my church. So I think we'll all have it by the end. (laughs) Only five words. So I think the reason he wanted to pause on each one is because this is a prophetic word. It has power. He said, I will. Now, who is I? I think that's grammatically incorrect, but who said that? Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing. 
He only said what he heard the Father saying. Who is the Father? Well, we can go right through all the Old Testament names. And I just want to put a beautiful prism out there of our God. Because I have the opportunity to. And because I gave my heart to him 28 years ago, I don't want to take any of my life back from him. I'm quite happy for him to have it. But a chance to speak out who he is over each one of us. Because he is Elohim. He is sovereign creator. He is El Shaddai. He's the all-sufficient one. He is Adonai. He is Lord and he is master. He is Jehovah. He is our intimate, unchanging God. He is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Jehovah Nissi, he is our banner. Jehovah Sikainu, he is our righteousness. Jehovah Sabaoth, he is the Lord of hosts. He is El Elyon, he is the God Most High. He is many others, he is Jehovah Rapha, he is our healer. Jehovah Rapha, he is our shepherd. He is Jehovah Shalom, he is our peace and wholeness. And he said, I will build my church. This is not a human being who is slightly more exalted. This is the living God. And Tozer said, what comes into a man's heart when he thinks about God is the most important thing about him. So when we say, I will build, this is who I is. And Jesus himself, I am the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but have the light of life. I am the door. The sheep come in and they come out. I am the true vine. I am the bread of life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Before Abraham was, I am. And he says and prophesies, I will build my church. And that puts into us a bit of awe. It puts into us a sense of, this is our God. And he has prophesied it, and we're walking in it, and we're going to see it more and more. It's so amazing. I'd really encourage you, over the summer, I have this young friend, and what she does is she took this lovely book by Marilyn Hickey, which I gave her called The Names of God. Forgive the Americanisms within it. But it was a short chapter on the name of God. And what she did was every week, she'd read a chapter, and she had a friend in distress. So on a Friday, she'd sent her a little Pracian summary of this name of her God. And it helped this young woman who was struggling with depression, fear, anxiety. Every week, my friend would send her, this is who your God is. It's so powerful. It's a really simple book. But knowing the names of your God makes all the difference. Because we can call on him as each individual name when we are in need. The all-sufficient one. He'll build his church. The one who is peace and shalom, he will build his church. The one who is sovereign creator, he will build his church. The one who is the name above all names, he will build his church. The one who is Lord of the heaven's armies, he will build his church. And he has said he will build it. And nothing will stand against him. And that's what he's doing, and that's what he's called us to do. So that's I. Of I will. That is who he is. I love it. Because when we speak out who he is, can you feel like the bellows going a bit? For inside, you think, that's my God. That's who I'm one with. That's who is backing my corner. This is the most amazing um, truth, to sort of see him through a prism of his names. 
most amazing, amazing father as well. As well. Absolutely unbelievable. So we, I thought he said, live in the truth of who I am. And our part to play is to recognize and dwell in who he is. So when you think of tonight, you go, I will build my church. Think on the I, and our part is to just recognize who he is and dwell in that fact. It's the most beautiful thing just to spend five minutes. I sometimes do it. I just sit there and I say, Father, I really thank you that you are El Shaddai, my all-sufficient one. And just let that, I don't need to ask him for anything, but I just love to dwell in one of his names. It's like the most safest place. It's like putting on the greatest jumper that was the most cuddliest thing ever. But it's a place of safety, assurance, and comfort. So that's I. And then I will. I will. Oh, wouldn't it have been amazing to be there when the disciples heard him say, I will build my church and the gates of hell won't prevail. Incredible that his entire will and force of his being is to build his church. It's the whole essence of who he is. Because the Father has given him the church. And he's building it. And he wants to build it. Because he came to seek and save that which was lost. Jesus said, I'm always about my Father's business. To seek and save that which is lost. So he's absolutely committed to building his church. There was a, a young woman who 50 years ago around this time, came from Asia and asked God to send her to a city where he was going to build his church his way. And 50 years ago, I'm standing here, because actually I'm 50, so my entire lifetime has been what God promised this woman in Bath 50 years ago. And he says to me, I'm building my church. So what she asked him for, send me to a city where you're building your church your way, Jesus. He sent her to Bath 50 years ago, and he's building his church. And that's the whole of my lifetime. I haven't been in Bath for 50 years, but um, sadly, according to the calendar, I am 50 this year. But I'm having two years of Jubilee. One is my 50th year on the planet for redemption and restoration, and then I'm going to just have one because I'm 50. And you should have a year of Jubilee and restoration of all things. So I'm having double Jubilee. But I thought it was incredible that she was asked to be sent to a city where he was building his church. I only heard that little bit of testimony this week, and it was very powerful to me that 50 years on, he said to me, Julie, I'm building my church in the city of Bath. What he told her 50 years ago, he's telling us again. And the whole of his being is to build this church in Bath. And then I want to camp out at the word build for a little bit of time. Because there are two things that he is building Number one, he builds the church numerically. He adds one by one, one by one. And then, being God and clever and likes to use words, he builds those who are in the church up all the time. So I want to camp out at him building the church individually, one by one, and our part in that. Then look at how he builds us up, we who are the church. So building by adding to um, our number one by one. So he's constantly around the city. He's always seeking to save those who are lost. That's his heart, the heart of the good shepherd. So our job is to pray and to be available. And what's so great about praying is all revival is preceded by praying people. 
When the people of God pray, revival comes. And we know in the city we've got the house of prayer that began, corporate, across, city, um, across the church in the city. We've got the chops, the community houses of prayer. Again, it's a completely different landscape where you live, praying with other believers, not just being in your own little church family, as it were. God is doing that. Why? Because all prayer precedes revival. And we sang that song first up this morning. haven't heard that this afternoon. Send revival, start with me. Amazing, that's what he's doing. So be assured he's building his church in these days because we've got prayer. That means it's happening. Because all revival is preceded by praying people. And the thing about the prayer is, um, in the Battle of Britain, the aircraft were on high and they were bombing. And they kept down the head of the enemy so the ground troops could go in. So when we have prayer going on for evangelism, prayer for the lost, prayer for the least, prayer for the damaged in our city, that bombing goes on and on and on and keeps the enemy's head down. And we go in looking like nice friendly folk of Bath. Ha ha. No, no, we are undercover. That is what you think we are. In fact, we are the greatest, most powerful contaminants the world has ever known because we are here to contaminate the city with his power, with his love, with his care, with his healing. That's who we are. But the prayer that goes in in the Abbey, the Februaries and November gatherings in the Abbey, the House of Prayer, the Community House of Prayer, that is keeping the enemy's head down. So our part then is to be available to God as we're walking around the city and doing life. Being available. Because he said, I will build my church. So it's having that mindset. And I remember years ago, I kind of got this thing. I was like, yeah, I'm going to pray for every sick person I see. I'm just going to do it. And I made the decision. Which was great. Except I then thought, oh no, most of the sick people I meet are in the playground at the primary school where the girls were. And you don't have a lot of time, because you might arrive at 3.09, and they're coming out at 3.10, and in that one minute, you've had this conversation with someone, and they've said, oh, yeah, I'm really not, I've got a bad back, and you see the children coming, and I've got time. So I said, Lord, I need a sentence. So I asked him, I felt, if I had a sentence that I practiced, I would be able to deliver it under any type of pressure. It wouldn't matter the pressure, I had my sentence, so I practiced it. Do you know my sentence? Still used to this day, great sentence. So this is my sentence, which is, so person in the playground, oh, what's the matter? I can see you're in pain, my back. Ah, I'm a Christian. You've stated it, you've done it. We've seen God heal many people of bad backs, or whatever it is. I haven't, but across the nations for the last 2,000 years, loads have. So that's fine by me. So I say, I'm a Christian. We've seen God heal many people of a bad back. Would you like me to pray for you? And they always go, Yes. And so I'd be going. I remember one lady, she had terrible like, psoriasis all up her arms. It was just awful. And I remember saying, gosh, you look in pain. And she told me, and the children came out, and I'm still talking, not going to let go. Yes, and we're wandering out to the car. And I kind of said, can I just put my hand on your shoulder? Yeah, and I just, Father, I ask for your healing power to come right through her body. May your love bless her as your healing comes. Amen. That's it. I haven't got time. You're at the end of the road. You're going to car. Children are there. Off we go. Got into the car. Yes, I did pray for her in the background. I took out my sword and cut her off from infirmity and whatever. Next day, Anna was at lunch. I think she's in year five. She's about ten-year-old. This boy says, oh, Anna, your mum prayed for my mum yesterday after school. Anna goes, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Not surprised at that. He goes, when she got in the shower this morning, her skin was completely clear. 
Yay. Now, I will build my church. So what is he doing? He's sort of saying, he gives us a chance with a person. Our responsibility is that they feel loved when we pray for them. His responsibility to heal. Our responsibility that they feel loved. And this lady felt loved. And we had another chat when I next caught her in the playground. And it was powerful. And then I had my Tesco Expresses. Um, and I was thinking about this the other day. Because I was in Tesco Express. I'm always seem to be in them. And we're all in them, aren't we? I'm not the only one who goes to a Tesco Express in Bath, am I? Is it just me? Oh gosh, maybe I am. Yeah, waitress, okay. So wherever I'm in, and because he's building his church, I am available. So that means saying to this, I said to this guy, oh, you look like you're in a bit of pain. Oh, my arm, it's my arm. I said, oh dear, that's really bad. We had a little chat. And I said, oh, I'm a Christian. We've seen God heal loads of bad arms. Would you like me to pray for you? Yeah, all right. I said, okay. I said, I'll go around the shop then. So I'm around the back of the cereal. I'm going, I just and he said, I can hear you, dear, down the cereal aisle. Said, yeah, that's me. I said, because God's healing your arm, isn't he? You're yeah, feeling a bit better, actually. Hmm, you're dangerous. I said, yeah, well, you know, God wants to show you his love and his care. And that began, that young man was always in the Tesco Express when I went for about over a year. He was always in there. And he'd had this tattoo, and we talked about the tattoo and what that meant to him. And there was a little alpha course going on at Slaybrook Church. And I said, have you thought about going there? That would be really good. And one time I went, he said, oh, I was at football last night. He said, I could have done with your, your phone number tattooed on my arm. I was in pain. I fell over and I thought, where is she? What do I do? I said, I don't think Gordon would be very pleased to know my phone number's tattooed on this guy's arm. You know, for emergencies, contact Julie Campbell. She will rush to your football field and pray for you. But I thought it showed something about this guy. And then do you know what? Suddenly, he was never there. He just stopped working there. And I thought, gosh, he's never in here anymore. I'm glad I did my best, Father, because I show, you, know, you showed you loved him. You showed you healed him. You showed he could find out more about you. And honestly, he was never there. And I just felt absolutely mortified in a way because I thought, did I do enough? Could I have said more? And I thought, no, you did what you could at the time. But my favorite Tesco Express was when there was a lady behind the counter and she was at the till and she was bandaged up. Her face was like grey. And I said, there's a big queue because I'd actually gone to the till not to the self-serve for the purpose of God building his church. So I'm in the queue. And I said to her, gosh, you're in, are you all right? You do look painted. Oh, I was in hospital last night. I've come out early. I said, why? She said, well, I need to work. And I was trying to really slowly give her things. There's a big queue. And I said, that's terrible. You know, I'm a Christian. We've seen God heal many people from X. I think it was something to do with her liver. And um, I said, would you like me to pray for you? Okay. So I'm just there saying, Father, I pray for your blessing and your love to come through and whatever her name was on her badge, her body, and give her peace and restoration. I was the slowest person paying on the till. I was trying. I said, I'm just coming go out to the car and just as I'm turning she said you're the second person who's prayed for me today honestly I thought revival was coming in Bath I was beside myself I got out to the car I phoned my friends who live near that Tesco Express was it you? no it wasn't me do you think it might be? well maybe it was X so I phoned X no that wasn't me I never found the mystery other woman prayer for the woman in Tesco Express but the point was she had two people who know and love Jesus, who believe God's building his church, who offered to pray for her. And she witnessed that. 
And honestly, I thought, this is it. This is the church is doing its stuff. More than one person prayed for her in Tesco Express. So imagine if we're all doing it, but our responsibility is not to heal them. Our responsibility is to say, hey, you look like you've got pain there in your arm. What is it? And listen a little bit and say, I'm a Christian. Give the sentence which builds faith in us and offer to pray for them. That's how he's building his church. He's giving people encounters with him. We just need to be available because the prayer is going on to keep the enemy's heads down so we have opportunity to go in. And then I had a problem because I do private chemistry tutoring. I love chemistry. I I could just talk about it all day. I absolutely love chemistry. And I'm tutoring at the moment. And this girl, I went in to tutor her and she had this really bizarre chair and cushion. And I said, what's the matter? My back, I'm in absolute agony. Um, I'm going to have an x-ray and um, they don't know what's wrong with me. And I said, oh, crumbs. And I think, well, I'm in a vulnerable place. It's me, this girl, nobody else is around in her house. So I'm not going to go and put my hands on her. I can't do that. That would be totally wrong. So I cheated her. We did our organic chemistry synthesis model. It was great. And all the time I'm saying, Father, how can I do this? I can't put my hands on her. I thought everyone had to lay hands on the sick. I can't do it. So we go to leave, and again, she kind of hobbles out. And I said, um, I'm a Christian. We've seen lots of people heal. God heal many people of bad backs. So when I get in my car, would you like me to pray for you? Oh, yes. And I said, well, when I'm in the car, I'm going to pray something like this. Father, thank you for... Mm. I pray for your healing power to flow right through her body to remove all swelling and inflammation so that she's able to move freely because of your love for her. Amen. I said, is that okay if I pray something like that? Oh, yeah. Okay. She didn't realize I had prophesied it over her. I'd spoken it over her as if I'd put a hand on her. Made no difference. Get in the car. I come against that infirmity. I get my sword out for her. <laughs> Go back the next week. She's no cushion, no chair. She said, oh, I don't even need an x-ray. The doctors think I'm fine. So, you know, there are various ways of doing this, which I discovered. Another lady in the wool shop, same thing happened to her. I thought, well, I can't reach across the counter and lay hands on her. So I did the same thing. And she said, oh, I can feel heat going down my back. This is a lady in the, who was serving in a wool shop in Bath. And I said, that's the Holy Spirit. That's God's love for you because he does not want you to suffer in this pain. I, was so, I got into the car for that one. I was so excited. I have remembered in the warm weather to keep the windows up in my car. Otherwise, everybody in Bath hears my great excitement as I'm so exclaiming what he's doing. But the point is, I, if I had to practice to do it, we can all do it. We can all say that. Because when I say I'm a Christian, we've seen many people heal, uh, we've seen um, him heal many people from whatever it is. I may not have done, you may not have done, but imagine the stories when we come back, because one of us might, two of us might. And the thing is, the kingdom of God is a kingdom of power, not of words. And if power is not present, something else fills its vacuum. Like, oh, I don't like this or I don't like that. We're not built for that. We're built to see power released and to come back and encourage one another what we've seen God doing. Because otherwise, something fills that space in our corporate lives. Something fills that space in our individual lives. So, be available. Be available. My husband was ill the other week and he had to go to hospital in an ambulance. And when I went to him in the hospital, uh, he was fine. It was just a muscle in his chest had been tensed up. 
Um, I said, oh, you look okay. He said, yeah. He said, well, there was a Muslim lady who was the trainee paramedic, and I was in the back of the ambulance with her, so we had a good chat about Yeshua, Abraham, Jesus. I said, and I asked him the other day, I said, how did you do that? What did you say to her? He said, oh, I don't know. I just said something and spoke to her about Jesus. And she spoke to me about her faith. He was sort of smelling fish. He was like, ready, ready to see if God wanted to do a catch. So the evangelists out there, those of you who find it easy to do that, let God just fan into flame that gift within you. He finds that very easy to do. And I think there was nothing wrong with him. For all we know, he was just had that incident so he could be in the back of the ambulance with a trainee Muslim paramedic and speak to her about Jesus. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Because that's how God's building his church. He encountered someone who knew and loved God. So that is what he is doing. So our part is to pray and to be available. And remember our sentence, but that's optional, obviously. It's my sentence. Um, The second thing is he builds his people. How does he build us? So that's how he adds to the number daily, by us praying and interceding for the lost and us being available to him to show his love to them. How does he build us up? We know these things. There's loads of maturity in the house this evening. There's lots of people who've known him for a really long time. We know this. However, I forgot one of them recently, and I kind of wished I hadn't. So he builds us up in times of trial and difficulty. He builds us up primarily through the word of God. Hebrews 11.3, the world was created by that which is invisible. God said, let there be light. His words were invisible. It formed the earth which is visible. So when we pray and proclaim and declare the word of God, something in us is shaped. We are formed. That which is visible is made by that which is invisible, which is the spoken word of God. That's how he builds us up. Somebody sent us some scriptures so kindly this week. I always put them up in the kitchen so I can just pray them through when I'm in the kitchen. Um, And I think what I've realized, when you have a scripture that someone gives to you, and it's a promise from him, when you start to work with it, I had this new promise that I got this week, and I knew he was telling it to me, and it was a scripture from Deuteronomy. And it was like having a lump of clay, really. I didn't really have the scripture in my memory and in my heart. I knew he was going to shape that which is visible in our hearts and lives by this invisible word. But when you start, it can be a bit lumpy, because you don't really know that scripture But then as you work with it more and more and more, it becomes much easier to work with. And before you know it, you can pray that scripture in wherever you are because you've memorized it and you've worked with it. So I think that's really important. The gift of tongues builds us up. Do 20 that will be ever more built up in our faith. If you have the gift of tongues, use it more. When I get in the car on my own, I have this little thing. I'm going to pray in tongues now. In the car on my own is the discipline I've tried to build up with myself. He builds us up through the prophetic, the prophetic word, 1 Timothy 1.18. Fight the warfare with the prophetic word you have been given. If you've only been given one prophetic word in your whole Christian life, get it out, dust it off, and say, God has said this over me. He has said this, and this is God's will over my life. And you fight with that. You fight with that. You fight with that. Um, he also builds us up through praise, as we experienced this evening, because he inhabits the praises of his people. Praise is not an optional activity. When we're praising, I'm expecting him to inhabit these praises. When I'm not in the house, I do leave praise on. And once my husband 
was around and I forgot and I just automatically put the CD player on as I was leaving and he said, what are you doing? No one's in the house. I said, ah, no. God inhabits the praises of his people. He's inhabiting Hillsong and singing this over the house and I'm believing that. Now that might sound crazy. To me that is not mad because he inhabits the praises of his people. It keeps the atmosphere in the house if something's gone on. No, we're not having that. I can't be here all the time, Lord, but you inhabit the praises of your people. So the truth that they're singing out over my family in the house, when I'm not there, when no one's there, I often think the postman must think, that house is a bit odd. doesn't bother me. Um, the other thing that he builds us up, he builds us up through worship. Worship is different. Praise, he inhabits the praises of his people, but worship is his presence. And when we have his presence, ah, you know, that is the most beautiful and precious thing. And when um, Mary broke the alabaster jar over Jesus' feet in that position of worship towards him and rubbed his feet with her hair in that beautiful encounter, when she left, she smelt the same as Jesus. They both had the same fragrance, exactly the same fragrance of the perfume. She was walking around town smelling the same as Jesus. So when we worship him, we carry him, we he and I, we do an inter- interchange, don't we? We carry his love, his joy, his peace, his patience, all the fruit that we've been speaking of recently. So that's how he builds us up. Through the word, through the gift of tongues, through the prophetic, through praise, through worship. Oh, beautiful. And through kingdom ways of living. That's how he builds us up. It is simple. If something's a bit weird in our hearts, it's forgive or repent. That's it, basically. I've discovered... I'm feeling a bit funny, Lord. Is there anything I need to forgive anybody? Is there anything I need to repent of? Simple kingdom living builds up the people of God. He said, I will build my church. That's how he builds us. It's very, it's not complicated. If it was complicated, it would be inaccessible. But the kingdom is not complicated. It is simple. And at other things, he builds his people through one another. Sometimes he's not so interested in telling us personally. He'll use other people to prophesy, to bring a word, to be encouraging, to help us, to support us. Because he wants to build those relationships and friendships. It's really important to him. And um, last summer, when we were on holiday as a family, uh, Anna broke her toe. And Bill's got a photo of her broken toe. And we were a bit worried about this because she was going to Soul Survivor. And uh, we were up in Peterborough. She broke her toe on the Saturday. The following Saturday, she was going to Soul Survivor up in Peterborough. And we bought extra chairs for her to put her foot on. I bought two extra chairs, duvets for her to lie on to keep nice because she couldn't get in a sleeping bag. And we took all her left shoes away with us. Anyway, so on the Tuesday, we got this phone call. Mum, mum, I've been healed. And all the group of Bath City, these young people, had prayed with her at the end of the Tuesday morning meeting when they'd done a call for healing. And they prayed, and they had prayed, and they had seen God heal her broken toe. And there she is. One foot has a shoe on, and the one that's slightly low does not have a shoe on. There's no way she could do that when we left her. There's absolutely no way. And God built the faith of those young people. He built his church. So, I think... Just to come into close, because I know that I've probably talked too long, because I got carried away. Um, But he says he will build through us, the church numerically. He will build us as his people. He says, I will build my church. Don't forget who we belong to. 
We belong to the Good Shepherd. We are inseparable from him. There is no difference. We are totally inseparable from our Good Shepherd. Because Jesus said, Father, I pray for them. I pray for those you've given to me. When he says, my church, that was the most powerful thing. It's the only time in the Gospels he says, my church. He uses the word church twice, but here he says, my church. And the powers of hell trembled. They were really afraid because they thought all these people who believe and belong to this Jesus Christ will be inseparable from him. He will own them as his own. That's why that prophetic word, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail, is so powerful. Who we belong to. And he's building his church. Church is the ecclesia, the called out ones. We are the called out ones. We are not owned by the world we are not owned by impurity we are not owned by fear we are not owned by selfishness we do not belong to those things because we've been called out of the kingdom of darkness and put in the kingdom of light and we belong to him the good shepherd that's who we are that's who we belong to so i think the call over us over the summer is to dwell in, I will build my church and take great comfort from it, encouragement from it, perhaps purpose in our hearts to feed on belonging to him, guarding purity, because it's blessed to the pure in heart for they will see God. And if we feed on purity, watch things of purity, listen to things of purity, we will grow in purity and we'll see more of him. Because that's what pleases him, isn't it? So... We continue as we go into the summer. He's going to be building unity in the city, building friendship in the city, building family in the city. And all of us were born for such a time as this, as he builds now and fulfills that word now. And we can encourage one another with our stories because that's what really keeps fires going. It's a little story here and there. It's so amazing. Those young people are looking forward to going to Soul Survivor this year because they remember Anna's toe being healed last year. So they're looking for more things to happen. So I just want to pray that over us, and um, we'll finish in there. So, yeah, Father, we thank you for this incredible truth that Jesus prophesied, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We believe and know that you are building your church in this city. We believe and know it's a place that chooses to build the kingdom the way that you choose to build the kingdom. Father, we ask that you would fan into flame the gifts that there are in each one of us. I ask, Lord, you'd fan into flame the evangelists, that the evangelists would find it easier. They'd have more courage and boldness to speak of you and more opportunities. Lord, we need the evangelists in our city. Would you fan into flame that gift within them? Father, would you fan into flame the prophets, the prophetic hearts that can hear from you and speak out? Would you fan into flame the pastoral hearts of which there are many in this room, caring for the lost, loving the lost, places of safety for the lost? Fan into flame that gift in them. Fan into flame the teachers, the ones that want to make sure we know and understand who you are. And fan into flame those who are apostolic, who are building unity, building and sending people forth. Father, in this room, you are touching our hearts because you say it's time and I want you to help me build my church. I need you to help me because you are my people. And I want you to know that I am for you and I am with you. You are not on your own because I'm building in this city. Thank you, Father, as we go through communion. Strengthen us, build us up.
and allow us to have just a renewed sense of purpose and power. In Jesus' name, amen.